I'm pulling out of my driveway. We all know what that means. It's time to drive to work. Okay, today, um, I just got back from HasCon. So today's podcast is all about HasCon 2017. Um, okay, so let me start by explaining what is HasCon. So um, back in 1998, Wizards of the Coast was purchased by Hasbro, a giant toy company who makes many fine products that you probably know. Um, and Hasbro, uh, so about six months ago, I was approached by, uh, by Whitney. Whitney does, um, she's one of the people that, that plans the events for us. Um, and she said, hey Mark, what are you doing in September? Um, so for those who know, I don't travel a lot. Usually I go to San Diego Comic-Con and one other place during the course of the year, because I, I, I try to only travel twice a year. Um, but I had not yet committed my second travel yet. And Whitney said, we are doing, there's a brand new convention called Hascon. So Hasbro basically was doing a convention that was supporting all of its brands. And as Magic is one of its brands, its second largest brand, um, they wanted us involved. And um, we really wanted to sort of uh, make the first year as special as possible. So Whitney was really excited and wanted me to come. And I said yes, because I'd never been to Hascon being there, never been to Hascon. I said I couldn't miss the first Hascon. So I signed up. Um, and so today I'm going to walk you through sort of all that was my, Han- my Hascon experience. Um, okay, first of all, let me explain exactly what, what, what it is. Um, so the idea was it's a convention that plays up all of Hasbro's different properties. So let me walk through. I'm not going to name all the properties, but I'll do my best. Um, so Hasbro has a lot of very famous properties. Um, it has... My Little Pony, it has Transformers, it has Nerf, it has uh, the Disney license, the Marvel license, the Star Wars license, uh, Disney, like Disney princesses and stuff. Um, it has For Real, Play School, Play-Doh, Trolls, Beyblades, um, and, and many, many others. Uh, also, it has the Hasbro family, like Milton Bradley, Parker Brothers, you know, Monopoly, uh, Yahtzee, um, Scrabble, you know, a, a lot of games that you, you recognize as being sort of classic games. A, a lot of them are made by Hasbro. Um, and so the idea was, uh, and obviously, of course, it has uh, Wizard of the Coast games, so it has uh, Magic and Dungeon Dragons. Um, and so the idea was, it was a celebration of all things Hasbro. Um, and so let me walk you through the whole experience. Okay, so I flew out on a Wednesday, so I had to go to Providence, Rhode Island. So it turns out that the headquarters for um, Hasbro are in Rhode Island. I think the main, the main, like the, the mucky mucks are in uh, Pawtucket, and then there's also some stuff in Providence. Uh, in fact, one of the main offices in Providence is literally across the street from the convention center where Hascon was held. Um, so most of the volunteers at the event were, were Hasbro employees. Um, so anyway, I had to fly to Providence. So when, I, when my plane tried to land in Providence, it was very foggy. Um, and the machine that helps you land in fog, I guess, was broken. So they were trying to do a uh, manual fog landing, uh, which is hard to do. Uh, they tried once, didn't do it. Tried a second time, couldn't do it. And then said, okay, we're going to Boston. So Boston, for those who don't know, um, is about 15 minutes away by plane, uh, an hour away by car. So I was, we were forced to land in Boston. Luckily, there were a bunch of other wizards folk on the plane, so uh, four of us took a cab and drove um, from the Boston airport. 
um, Logan, uh, to uh, our hotel in Providence. Um, so it was uh, not, not the best start to it. I, I had a long travel day on Wednesday. But come Thursday, um, so the first thing we did uh, was we had a, a staff meeting and walked through all the things that was going to happen. And then I had a chance to look around. Um, now, the, the nice thing about uh, looking around before it actually opens is I could see everything before you know, all the people are there. Um, I took a whole bunch of pictures, by the way. If you go onto either my blog or my Twitter and you look for the combination of hashtags of Hascon and of um, Watsy Staff, which is on all my all my uh, posts, um, you will find the pictures. Um, I took a lot of pictures, not just of our our booth, but of all sorts of people's booths. Um, there was a lot of cool stuff there, and um, like for example, just a real quick rundown of some other stuff that's there. I'll, I'll get to the magic stuff in a second. Um, so one of my favorites was Nerf had this um, sort of blow-up arena, if you will, sort of inflatable that had like mesh on the sides and had a roof on it. Uh, and the idea was inside there were corridors and it was, it was a place to have a Nerf fight that was all contained. And what would happen is you would sign a waiver, you'd get your glasses, you had to wear protective eyewear, uh, and then you would pick your blaster and then you would go in, uh, you and, I don't know, 19 other people, and just have like a 10-minute Nerf fight. Um, and uh, it was very cool. <laughs> um, uh, Nerf also, for example, had a lot of practice range where you could, you know, try out different different uh, Nerf blasters and do target practicing. Um, uh, they have a subsession called Rival that shoots these little like little plastic balls. You can try that out. Uh, um, so one of the so when I first found out that I was going to be a special guest there. Uh, you know, on the front page, they posted my picture. So I was showing my son that I was a special guest at Hascon. And his response was, oh, is that Dude Perfect? So there's this group from YouTube called Dude Perfect, five guys that do trick shots. Uh, and they have a branded, they're, they're uh, doing some stuff with Nerf. And so um, Dude Perfect was going to be there. So every time I talked to my son, he was all excited to see if I had met Dude Perfect yet, which I never did. So uh, maybe one day I will meet Dude Perfect. I did not meet them at Hascon. Um, but anyway, they had some, uh, they do trick shots and they have a special, like, um, their own branded Nerf stuff, uh, to do trick shots with. And so you could, there's an area for you to do trick shots. Um, but anyway, so that, that was Nerf. Um, you know, the Hasbro family area had a lot of giant versions of games. There was a giant operation you could play. There's a giant Monopoly board. There's a gi- giant toilet trouble. Um, and you could just try all sorts of different games. Uh, they had a pie in the a pie pie face where you had a like you ever go to the the carnival and you have the big hammer and you have to hit it to ring the bell. They had one of those except it put a pie in someone's face. So like your friend would stand there and you had to see if you could hit it hard enough to get the pie in your, in your friend's face. Um, then you know uh, My Little Pony had all sorts of pl- things you could do. There was a coloring wall you could color in My Little Ponies, um, and there was. Uh, I think there's a place where you could decorate. You get a little My Little Pony where you could paint it. Uh, there was face painting and hair glittering and all sorts of stuff. Um, uh, so Transformers. So the Transformers and the Marvel and the Star Wars uh, had a little bit of a historical bent to it. You could sort of look and see the, the toy lines through time. They had a lot of samples of older toys. They had samples of current toys and the... Like the, the, uh, there was a Transformers movie. That they're showing off all the stuff in the Transformer movie. There were like props from the movies. Um, there was a, a life-size um, Optimus Prime statue. Uh, there was a cosplayer that was playing Bumblebee in a really, really impressive costume. And he was like ten feet tall. 
Um, that, was, that was very cool. Um, Marvel did this thing where they were making prototypes on live that they had brought some prototyping machines um, that sort of uh, do 3D sculpting out of plastic. And so they were making things, and then you were, they had people literally there that were painting it. So you, like, you could see the whole process of making the action figures. Um, that was really cool. Uh, Marvel also had uh, original costumes from the movies. They had Spider-Man and uh, Star-Lord and Thor and Black Panther and... Um, I'm forgetting. Um, anyway, from, from all, the, all the different movies, and you can see the actual costumes... Um, once again, they did a lot of historic stuff. You can see older things. Uh, Star Wars had a land speeder and had a throne you could pose in. It had a little diorama using the, using the action figures to spell key scenes of Star Wars. Um, you know, the troll booth, you could watch the troll movie. Uh, the Play-Doh booth lets you make all sorts of Play-Doh um, creations and things. Uh, the for real booth, I think there's a new for real tiger that you could play with. Um, so like all this, all this with your Beyblades, you could you could do Beyblade action, you know, the spinning top game, and um, and the idea was, you know, whatever you went, if you went to a booth that you had any appreciation for, there was both stuff aimed at kids and then also stuff aimed at adults. If the product line was old enough that the adults might have played with the game when they were kids, so there was a lot of activities for the kids and kind of um, nostalgia for the adults. So you know, you could go to the GI Joe GI Joe booth. And you could see um, sort of the newest line of G.I. Joe toys, but also you could see older stuff that if you were a parent, maybe you played with when you were a kid. So it was really, um, it was really cool. Um, they had a new game called Drop Mix, which is a game, um, it's a music game with cards where you use the cards to sample bits of songs. Uh, it wasn't out yet. Maybe by the time you guys hear this, it'll be out. But it was a cool game they were showing off. Anyway, all sorts of fun stuff there. It was really neat. You could see all the different Hasbro properties. And, you know, um, and it was made, by the way, to be really, really um, interactive and fun. The, 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 the con was aimed at families because the idea was there was cross-generational stuff that the kids could be excited about stuff they could do, but the parents would have fun and stuff they could do. Um, so let's talk about the magic booth. Um, also, D&D had a booth, by the way. Um, I think the way it worked is you could roll up a character and make a character, and then you could take it upstairs and actually play it in a, in a role-playing session. Um, they also had some uh, places you could pose. Uh, they're also doing a dinosaur thing, so a lot of synergy between uh, Magic and Hasbro, and, and I'm sorry, and um, Dungeon Dragons. Uh, and there was like a goblin you could pose with. Okay, let's get our booth. So our booth was, uh, there were sort of, I would say, four areas to our booth. Um, so the first area was, if you had never, ever heard of magic, you could walk up, and they would start explaining the basics of what magic was. Uh, and they would walk you through the, the real simple ideas of the colors, and, and not sort of teach you to play, per se, that's a different area, but sort of get you, get you interested in the concept of what the game is. The, the, you know, just the idea of your you know, wizards dueling with magic. And then they would give you a welcome deck. Um, and they said if you wanted to learn more, they were just across the way, there was learn to play area where someone could sit down and they would teach you how to play. So you could then learn right there and then uh, they'd walk you through and, they, and that's where they'd actually sort of teach you the basic rules so that you could play a game and see what you thought of the game. Um, then uh, next to that, we on Thursday, so we, I arrived on Wednesday. On Thursday, while we were setting up, um, there was the announcement of Magic the Gathering Arena. A brand new video game we're doing. We're trying to bring uh, digital magic 
you know, sort of um, authentic digital magic to sort of a, a modern feel, touch and feel, um, just making it a little more dynamic and making it a little more fun to watch when people uh, put it up on, on Twitch and stuff. Um, but anyway, we had just announced it on Thursday. So on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, people could play it for the very first time. Um, and we had, um, I think, eight computers set up. And, and so it was two computers were meant to play against each other. And then you could go on and you could play somebody else was there. And there were lines all weekend. Um, but it's a really cool opportunity to actually, for the first time, see it. Um, in the last section, um, well, in the middle there were some statues. We have a new, some partners that are putting out really high-end statues that are like three feet tall or two and a half feet tall. Um, one is of uh, a Johnny and the others of Nicole Bolas. Um, they were both really, really cool statues, if you are into very ornate, cool statues. Um, and they were uh, the, the first ever they were uh, displayed there. Um, then there uh, was a section with, of the giant Jace statue, like, like a, not one that you would buy, just a huge statue that we have for the booth. Uh, and then in front of that, we had five cosplayers. So the Gatewatch was there. We had Jace. We had a Johnny, we had Liana, we had um, Chandra, and we had Nyssa. Um, the reason we had a Johnny instead of Gideon was we had a cosplayer. She came all the way from Switzerland who did a great Ajani. Uh, and just Ajani, I guess, is a little bit easier to cosplay than, um, than Gideon. Or I don't know. They, 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 we just had a really good Ajani, and Ajani is one of the gatewatchers. So we're like, ah, oh, for this show, we'll have Ajani represent the white rather than, than Gideon. Um, but anyway, uh, you could come. They were there in the booth most of the times. You could pose with them. They take pictures. Um, the cosplayers were all wonderful. Um, Liliana, by the way, was Christina Sprinkle, who, as you guys know, probably the most famous cosplayer in Magic. Um, anyway, it was it was great fun, and the cosplayers were all awesome, and uh, it was it was very cool. Um, oh, Jace, by the way, was Gavin Verhey, which I'll, I'll get to. Gavin did some stuff. I'll get to in a second. Um, okay, so Thursday. Thursday night was the Friends and Family Night. So the idea there was it allowed um, uh, any Hasbro employees to bring their friends and family for sort of a, a night to see everything ahead of time. Um, there was food set up, so there were hamburgers and hot dogs and macaroni and cheese and pizza, and there was all sorts of desserts, including including uh, gelato with homemade um, waffle cones. Really good. Um, and then we showed stuff off. So one of the neat things about the show in general was that there was a lot of families coming, a lot of young kids. Um, I think Magic got exposed to more small children uh, than, than ever before. Uh, normally at a, at a convention with Magic, there's not a lot of small kids. So it was really interesting. You know, we, we did a lot of teaching of, of, of children, um, you know. Like there was one point at our, our Learn to Play booth where everybody learning to play was like, like a 7 to 13-year-old girl. And we were commenting that that's not a site you, you see a lot in our Learn to Play booths at our conventions, uh, which was really cool. Um, now, that was downstairs. Upstairs, we had taken over an entire ballroom. I think we had seats for 700 people. And um, we were running two events, uh, well, two main, uh, two, two main formats over the, the weekend. There were a few other things. But the main, two big ones was we had Iconic Masters Draft. So Iconic Masters is a product that... Um, doesn't come out till November, but we previewed it um, this week, or you know, it has gone last weekend. Um, so two months ahead of time to do what we call, what's called a blind pre-release, which means that um, it's a pre-release where people don't know the contents of the packs when they open them. 
The last time I remember us doing that was in 1996 at the Pro Tour in Atlanta. The pros opened Mirage and nobody knew what was in the set yet. Um, so this was a pretty cool thing. It's, it's unfortunately the way that magic works. We want to you know, get people excited for the set. So we preview cars and show stuff off. We just don't have blind previews anymore. Just you know the set before you get to the previews. Uh, and so this was really neat to do something where you just didn't know what was in the packs. Um, now that was sealed. That was played sealed. And then a draft we did, it was what we called the 25th anniversary draft. And the way it worked was you got everybody in your, in your um, pod got the same three boosters in the same order. The first one I think was a standard legal booster. The second one was a modern legal booster. And the third I think was some kind of masters. I think is how it played out. So for example, the one I did, I, I did one Thursday night. Um, people were allowed to come up and play Thursday night. Um, but not a lot of people realized we were up on the fifth floor. So most people stayed down on the third floor. So we had a well, well, later in the weekend, we had plenty of, of people coming to play Magic. On Thursday, fr friends and family night, we, we didn't have as much. So I got a chance to play, which is, which is fine. Um, and um, uh, the draft I did was, first pack was Amonkhet. Second pack was Dragons of Tarkir. Third pack was the original Modern Masters. Um, so that was a lot of fun. I had a chance to play against some of the artists who were there. One of the things we did is, um, so we had an area to play with. We brought in a whole bunch of artists, including... Um, there were three cards we did. We made some special promotional cards for the event. Oh, oh one of the things I forgot downstairs is there's a retail area where you could buy a lot of Hasbro things. And then there was an exclusive area. So a bunch of brands had made exclusive things for the show. Uh, Magic had made a thing where we had three cards that all did crossovers to other Hasbro brands. Um, we had one that, made, that referenced Nerf, one that referenced um, Dungeons & Dragons, and one that referenced Transformers. Um, the Nerf one was uh, uh, an equipment that let you use a actual Nerf gun to try to mill your opponent. Um, sort of Dungeon Dragons was a riff off the sword of like fire and ice. Um, so it gave you protection from, I think, clerics and wizards. And then every time you deal damage, you make a 4-4 gold dragon. And since this is an unset, you know, silver borders card, uh, it literally was the color gold. Um, and then the last one was Grimlock, which is a dinosaur, a dinosaur transformer and he could go between himself and a vehicle. It was a double-faced card. Um, uh, anyway, uh, we brought all the artists. Uh, the artist that, that did the Nerf gun is one I, I played. Um, I was winning the game until he got a Gristlebrand, and then I lost. Because the only way I had to deal with Gristlebrand, I'd already cast. And it is hard to stop Gristlebrand. Um, and we, uh, um, there was mats made of all the art. In fact, that one of the hot items of the convention was Tyler Jacobson, had made um, the Grimlock and like both the vehicle version and the dinosaur version, and we made a. There was a uh, Ultra Pro was selling a double-sided mat that had one art on one side and one art on the other side. It was super popular. Uh, I think it sold out on Friday, and then they printed more and then you know, shipped them overnight, and then the new ones also sold out like right away on Saturday. Um, so anyway, uh, and oh, also upstairs. So there was an area to play with. Uh, oh, there was a prize wall for those that haven't been to big conventions. Uh, the, the thing that's been going on for a while now, uh, Grand Prix and big conventions, is uh, when you win matches, you win tickets, and then tickets can be used to purchase things off the prize wall. There's lots of magic packs. Um, we had a bunch of different giant magic cards that we used for promotion, but then we put them on the prize wall so people could purchase them, or could win them, sorry, not purchase them, could win them. Um, we also, there was a VIP room. I spent a bunch of time in there. So VIP room, so one of the things you could do at this convention is be a magic VIP. And so um, if you did that, there was a special room 
uh, for the VIPs. It had food. You could charge your phone and the couches. And um, Wizards folks spent some time there. I, I spent a bunch of time on the weekend just sort of chatting with the VIP folk. Um, I also spent a lot of time um, out on the out on the um, in the uh, ballroom, sort of talking to players. I, I signed lots of, of cards and mats and shook hands and answered questions and took pictures. Um, one of the things that's interesting is normally I don't travel a lot. And so, you know, when I go to a show here in Seattle, eh, they're kind of jaded. They've seen me a million times. It's not, it's not as exciting. Um, but when I go out east where, like, I haven't been in 10 years and, you know, basically it was full of ballroom people that have never met me. Um, you know, it's fun. It's, uh, one of the things that, that I, I like about my celebrity is that in, I'm a big fish in a small pond. So, like, in certain areas I get to be the rock star where... Um, like one of the things in the ballroom that would happen is I'd be talking to somebody and, you know, I would chat with them, answer questions, shake their hand, sign something, maybe take a picture. And then in the time that I would do that, other people would want to meet me, would start lining up. And so like lines would spontaneously, uh, form whenever I stopped to talk to somebody. And so then I would, I wouldn't leave till I got to the whole line. And so sometimes getting across the, uh, like the ballroom would take a while because I, I would, I was constantly stopped. It's cool. So I, I'm not complaining, by the way. It was, it was really cool, actually. Um, one of the neat things I like about my celebrity is there's a time and a place where I get to be a superstar and then most of the time, like, you know, when I'm shopping, no one's bugging me. So, um, the thing I will, will point out, by the way, if you ever see me, even out in the wild, I'm, I'm always happy to meet fans, always happy to uh, shake hands or sign something or take a picture. Um, don't be shy. I, I won't bite. Um, but anyway, it was a lot of fun. I love interacting with the fans and that part was one of my, one of my favorite parts of the, of the weekend. Um, I have a, I'll talk a little bit more about it if I have time at the end. Um, I want to make sure I get through all, all the events, though. Okay, so Thursday were friends and family night. Um, okay, so Friday. So Friday is the beginning of the convention. Um, so the first thing that happened on Friday is the 25th anniversary panel. So uh, the MC was Matt Tabak, and then uh, the special guests were me, Elaine Chase, who's the VP of Magic, and um, Gavin Verhey, who also works in R&D. And for this convention was also cosplaying as Jace. Um, so what happened was uh, people thought it was going to be a panel, but we surprised them. It was a game show. And so when you'd walked in, um, you got a, um, or some people got a random basic land. And then we would call people up. So there were basically two games. The first game was we'd call up three teams. Uh, each team was, had a team captain of either myself, Elaine, or Gavin. And then we were given a trivia question, and we had to go in turns naming something in the category. So the first category was planeswalkers that have cards. Um, Gavin won that one. Then the second category was creature types that are in uh, Amonkhet or Hour of Devastation. Elaine's team won that one. And the last one was artists from Alpha. My team won that one. Um, I joked later that the category to me was a little different. The category to me was people I'd worked with at Wizards. Because uh, about half the original artists from Alpha at some point had worked at Wizards. So there was a lot of overlap. And I, I personally knew a lot of them, so it was a lot easier to remember them. Like, oh, yeah, you know, I worked with Amy Weber. I worked with Sandra Evingham. I worked with Dan Jellen. I worked with Chris Rush, you know. So uh, it's fun doing a lot of the early artists who I, I, I luckily have a relationship with a lot of them. I know a lot of them, so um, a little easier to remember them. Uh, okay, the second part was we called up the two other groups because there were five groups, five basic lands. And they... Uh, oh, I forgot. Okay, so the, one of the things that was going on, every time trivia was done and people would solve stuff, we would then show off preview cards. Um, and so we showed off cards from um, Iconic Masters because no one knew anything. And we showed off cards from Ixalan. Um, and so uh, we, we kept showing off different preview cards, which was exciting. 
Uh, and then um, the second part was we did uh, the charades part where people would get three magic things, you know, horsemanship was one of them I know. Um, they would act it out and they had two minutes to act out three things. And then uh, Gavin and Elaine and I as the celebrity guests would guess it. Um, we were pretty good at guessing. Um, uh, one of them, by the way, was me. One of the clues. And the, the note specifically said they couldn't point at me. They had to act like me. Um, but we got it. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Um, and um, so uh, anyway, we showed us stuff there. We also at the end revealed uh, one of the big cards from um, from Iconic Masters, which was Mana Dream got reprinted. And then there's lots and lots of jokes about R&D being hit by a bus. Because many years ago, uh, back in 1995, uh, someone had asked me if we'd ever reprint Mana Drain. And I said, uh, all of R&D would have to be hit by a bus before that happens. But a little context, just because a lot of people are joking about this. Um, at the time I said that, the only way to reprint something was in an expansion or in a core set, meaning you had to go through standard to get reprinted. So I was, what I was saying at the time was, we're never putting Mana Drain back in standard, so yeah, it's never getting reprinted. Um, little did I know we would expand how we did reprints and supplemental products, and if I understood that, maybe I wouldn't have gotten such a definitive statement. But uh, anyway, we did reprint Mana Brain, R&D is okay, no buses involved. Um, then there were some other panels. The panel, uh, the next panel we had, um, well, well, uh, so I think we started by doing the 25th anniversary panel, then we opened up a kind of masters, people started playing a kind of masters. Then in the afternoon, uh, Alex, Alexi Bricklow is one of our artists. Um, did a live demonstration of drawing something live. And then while he was drawing, um, Jeremy Jarvis and uh, Cynthia Shepard, who are two of our art directors, kind of walked through the artistic process of magic, sort of like, you know, talked about the creative process, how they build worlds and how they concept cards and stuff. Uh, then after that was Blog and Talk Live. So that was, a, um, it was where I was doing a... Um, uh, a Q&A, basically. Um, Matt Tabak was my MC again. Um, and one of the cool things, first thing we did is I showed off a video, a comedy video, that my daughter and I had made. I wrote and acted in it, and she uh, directed and edited it. Um, last year, I would made a little comedy video that I showed at my two panels for the summer. I did the same this year. Hopefully, by the time you see this, I put it up on my, uh, I put it up on my, um, my YouTube page. Um, I don't remember to do that. Uh, but anyway, it's a, it's a fun little video. I don't want to give anything away because it, the, the, I just watch it. It's a, it's a cute video. Um, after that, I previewed the un, the unstable lands. Uh, and I showed, I showed them off. John Avon illustrated them. And they go to the edge of the card. There's no border. Um, I actually, by the way, just yesterday, um, uh, managed to see uh, the earliest printing stuff or in the office um, just so we can sort of see how they were printing and the lands look amazing um, as do the contraptions um, lots of cool stuff um, there's lots of cool stuff and uh, I'm excited for you guys to see to see it all um, so anyway um, where was I uh, I did so I did my Q&A um, yeah the lands went over great I did my Q&A the whole blog talk went really well um, oh one of the funny stories is before I got there, I didn't realize that the one ahead of us was also magic, so I was waiting. So they took me to the green room, which is a secret green room that I didn't know existed, uh, and I was able to have snacks, so. Um, okay, then um, Friday night, I mean, I, 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 mostly what I did for most of the convention was 
uh, schmoozed with, with fans and talked to fans and um, I did a lot of that mostly for the rest of the day. Um, Friday night I had a chance to go out to dinner with all of the cosplayers, save Gavin um, and the professor from uh, Tolan Academy um, and, or uh, sorry, Tolan Community College. Um, and anyway, we had a great dinner and talked all about magic and all about all the stuff they're up to and all the different places they had cosplayed and what they had cosplayed. Anyway, it was a lot of fun. It was a great dinner. Um, then Saturday was the, actually the busiest day of the convention. Um, I, um, oh, the big story of Saturday is um, Liz Lamfero is one of our brand managers. She had been talking with um, some people from Stan Lee, Stan Lee's company, who are magic players, and they came up with the idea uh, that Stan Lee was interested to come to our booth and see magic. And so um, it, it took a while to get him there just because he's a very, very busy man, obviously. And so we kept showing up thinking like, okay, he's going to come at 10 o'clock. Nope. Okay, he's going to come at 1 o'clock. Nope. Okay, they come with three. They kept getting changed around because there was, he was doing all sorts of other things, and so his, his schedule was just in constant flux. Um, so we were very uh, flexible, and eventually he came, and so he had a chance to play uh, a very quickly play arena against um, Gavin dressed as Jace, uh, and then he came and he posed with people. He posed with all our cosplayers, and I got a chance to meet him um, and take a picture with him. And so he is one of my idols. I, I'm a Marvel fan from way, way, way back. So it was just. It was awesome to meet him. It was one of my, uh, one of the goals of the convention was I said, if I could just meet Stan Lee, that would be awesome. So hats off to Liz. That was awesome. Thanks for setting that up. And um, once again, if you look for the pictures, the picture of me, Stan Lee, is, I listed him in the pictures. Um, okay. Uh, Saturday, like I said, was mostly just a lot of magic. We, in fact, we were so busy in the, in the ballroom that for two hours, we couldn't start new events because every table, every seat was accounted for. Um, I, I spent a bunch of time in the VIP room, schmoozing with the VIPs. I spent a bunch of time in the um, main room. Oh, then the other big thing was Saturday night, we had a party, a VIP party for all the people that, all the VPAs that come. So it was a celebration, a birthday celebration of magic. Um, although technically this year it's 24 years, we start the 25th year. And so we did the first of many birthday parties celebrating 25 years of magic. Um, it was a really nice party. It was catered with good food. Uh, there was uh, an open bar, um, and there was cakes. There was a, so what happened was Elaine talked to everybody. Then I gave a toast, and then we cut the cakes. There were five cakes. Um, the white cake was um, silver pound cake. The blue cake was a vanilla cake dyed blue. The black cake was a chocolate rum cake, I think. Um, the red cake was red velvet, and the green cake was a lemon cake dyed green. Um, so we cut the cake. Uh, there was a giant, I mean, like six-foot-tall card for people to sign to wish Magic Happy Birthday. Um, oh, and then we gave all the VIPs a special gift. Uh, they, rolled a, they rolled a dice and got a random um, bag, and in it was a full set of some set from somewhere between Lorwyn and present day. So I talked to different people. Someone got like a Kanza Tarkir set, and someone else got a... Eventide said, someone got a Magic 2013 said, and just all stuff from all around. Um, anyway, they were excited about that. And um, the party was great, and the food was good, and the people was fun, and they were playing 90s music because uh, Magic came out in the 90s. And anyway, the party was a lot of fun. Um, then Sunday was the final day. I actually left. Um, I needed to get home in time to get my kids to school on Monday, so I actually left Sunday afternoon. I think the event closed at 6. I think I left at 2. So I left a little before the event ended. Um, but I was there all morning, once again, chatting with a lot of players and stuff. Um, one of the things I want to say before I'm, I'm not too far from Rachel's uh, school is I really, my favorite part of the whole weekend was interacting with all the fans. 
Um, I do not get out to as many events as I once did. Um, and so it is really great hearing, you know, talking to all the Magic fans and hearing how Magic impacts them and what it means to them. And so many people told me just amazing stories. You know, I, I, I met a woman who, like, met her husband through Magic, and she's like, you know, Magic's the reason that, you know, we're together. And, um, and I met people who, like, just had had tough times in their life, and really Magic was the thing that pulled through. Or people talked about just how they met all their friends through Magic. And anyway, all, awesome stories, just amazing things. Um, I mean, I, I obviously, Magic to me is this wonderful thing, but just hearing other people share my passion and love for it, uh, and, and just meeting the community and getting a chance to interact with everybody was, was so much fun. Um, the other thing that I really enjoyed is I've been to a lot of magic conventions over the years, and this was unlike any other magic convention I've been to. Um, the fact that it was a Hasbro event, which meant there were just so many families there and young kids there, and just the energy was just such a different thing. It was really, really cool. Um, it was just fun watching. Like, the kids loved posing with all our cosplayers, and they were really interested in our game. We, we did a lot of um, teaching. And just seeing all these families and kids that's all excited, like, that's the next generation of Magic players. And, you know, I, I love sort of having an opportunity to, you know, we don't always get to interact with, 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 with kids, you know, in, in as much as we do. Normally in a Magic convention, it's more, you know, maybe teenagers, but older kids. You, you don't get the young kids as much. And just having a chance to sort of see the kids and interact with them. Um, there was some cosplaying that went on. I, I, another picture I took, there were two brothers, one that dressed up as a Johnny and one that dressed up as Chandra that was cute beyond words. Um, you know, and there were a lot of cruel, uh, there was a lot, a lot of, not cruel, a lot of cool cosplays going on. I met somebody who had made a suit of armor out of magic cards that was like impeccably done. Um, you know, there was all sorts of cosplaying, like fan cosplaying going on. Um, there was Garolf, and there was, there was just a lot of different characters. Uh, I saw Liliana's, and just a lot of different different magic cosplay, which was fun to see. Um, anyway, it was it was just it was a really like I, I will admit, you know, a couple months going into the event, I didn't know what to expect, and, and there was a lot of questions about you know will this all come together, and you know there was some nervousness in that whenever you do something for the first time, especially when you do something that's never been done before, you know, um, that there's a little bit of nervousness and. I am so happy how everything came out. I really think that it was an amazing thing. Um, you know, whenever you do something for the first time, you don't know whether or not you'll do a second one. Um, and I, I, I mean, I'm, this is not me knowing with any definitiveness, but I, I think the first one went so well that I, I think there'll be another Hascon. I think there'll be a Hascon too. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I really had a blast and it was really a lot of fun. And it was neat um, seeing all the players. It was neat having a blind pre-release. It was neat having to interact with other Hasbro brands. I don't normally get to interact with Hasbro brands. You know, we're off in, you know, I mean, I interact with D&D every once in a while, but we're, Wizards of the Coast is on the other side of the country from, from uh, Hasbro. So, you know, we don't necessarily get to interact with the other brands quite as often. So it was just really neat. It was neat seeing the Nerf set up or you're getting to talk to different people from different sections about how they do the thing they do. And, you know, we, we, we share trips and tricks. And anyway, the whole event was really, really cool. But I'm driving up right now to Rachel's school. So I just want to say, um, you know, this was a really fun experience. Uh, like I said, if you look for hashtag Hascon and hashtag Watsy Staff on both Tumblr and um, Twitter, you will find all sorts of pictures. I took lots and lots and lots of pictures. Um, but anyway, it was lots of fun. But now, as Matt Rachel's school, we know what that means. We mean it's the end of my drive to work. So instead of talking magic, it's time for me 
to be making magic. I'll see you guys next time.